Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Heal Thyself. Thanks for coming. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for taking your beautiful time out of your day to listen to the show. As always, we always hope to empower you, to give you that informed consent to make massive changes in your life. And this is this is what we do. A little bit every day. We chip at it. And hopefully you are all feeling healthy uh, from listening to the show. All right. Ready? Today, we have a show on detox, right? Like, what is detox? Do I do I buy this $300 detox? Is that gonna work? How do I optimize detoxification? Really important, it's, a, it's the other side, right? Like getting in good nutrients and then getting it out, detoxification. We want to be detoxifying optimally, so I'm gonna go into that. I'm gonna teach you uh, what organs detox and how to optimize those, and also some of my favorite supplements, maybe some foods and other lifestyle stuff to optimize your detox. So after you listen to this show, you already have a toolkit of which you can start utilizing yourself or spread to your family. Uh, and also, we have a special guest. She's an integrative fertility doctor, uh, Dr. Shala Salem. She's, she's showing up, and we're going to talk all about preconception, how to optimize that. And she's really big on toxins, so it really ties in with this knowledge bomb. And then we're going to go into uh, talking about even conception and how to optimize that. So really good show. She's an awesome person. I can't wait to jump into it. So without further ado, let's get to this knowledge bomb. All right, all right. Detox, detox, detox. We know, uh, we love that word. It's a buzzword in the industry, for sure. And how many of you have gone through Instagram or Facebook and have gotten an ad for a detox program? Uh, or you read a blog for some reason and it says that your body's not detoxing anymore. And then at the end of the blog, when you scroll all the way down, it says, here's a $300 cleanse that is going to guarantee detoxification and you're going to feel great. I'm here to help you. Let's let's be honest about the majority of cleanses out there are going to do nothing, right? Um, because they are not manufactured in the way that we need to be working and supporting our body. Um, a lot of them are very gimmicky, and I would agree. You have organs that detox, and your body is so elegant, so sophisticated, right? So it's not foolproof, because a lot of us are fools and we damage our body, but it's, it's so resilient. And I, so I want to bring attention that we have a body that detoxes. Um, we just want to make sure that we're optimizing it. So what I'm here to do today, same thing I do every show, how do we optimize the body, right? What do we do? How do we give the body what it needs to heal and then remove those obstacles to healing? And the, and the same goes for this. How do we optimize the amunctories? Amunctories is a buzzword in the naturopathic world or the functional world. Amunctories is another word for organs of detoxification. So how do we optimize these amunctories? Where do we start? First of all, don't buy the cleanse. You need to address and optimize your amunctories. Make sure you check with your doctor, right? Talk to them about it first and see if you're wasting your money. But first and foremost, there's nothing else to do other than optimizing these organs and then you work from there right? It would be backwards to do the reverse. So where do these toxins come from? We uh, have done so many shows on toxins. And by now, I would hope we know that they're coming from the air, right? The air we breathe, pollution, smoke, uh, volatile organic compounds that we have in our house or in our workplace. We have water. I did the whole water show. I described all the toxins that we find in water. Food, of course, we know that's the reason why there's organic food or growing natural food in your backyard. We know that the foods are adulterated in our skin, the things we put on our skin, it's sucking it up, right? So um, what I want to do is bring attention that 
every single day we are inundated with toxins and that's okay because our body's very much so resilient. The thing is over the past 30 years, 40 years, there's been more and more toxins, right? But also lifestyle, smoking cigarettes, alcohol, medications. These are all things that add to the toxic load in our body. There's different types of toxins out there and our body utilizes them or breaks them down in different ways. Some come out as water soluble in the urine, some come out fat soluble in the poop, right? So what we want to bring attention to is how do we optimize our trees? remember? All right, so what organs are we optimizing and how? First and foremost, look no further than one of the massive main ones that we have to optimize, and that's our digestive system. This is it. This is how you're detoxing toxins, hormones, bacteria. You're, move, you're removing fiber in the body. Uh, it's essential. You got to be pooping. If you're constipated, this has to be addressed first. Don't buy a detox kit or spend all this money on a detox program if you're not pooping. You have to address the pooping first. So if you're not passing your stools and they're incomplete or infrequent, then this needs to be improved. So aside from all of the stress that, that constipation gives on the rectum and the anus, you have to think about there's this enzyme. And this is something that we don't bring into people's attention, but it's such an important thing to understand. We have an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase, and it's really important enzyme in our body. And you can actually measure on a stool test, you could see how active this enzyme is. Well, this enzyme is important for breaking down complex carbohydrates, and that's great. We need that. It's a major benefit. It's, it's adding to healthy digestion. But when you're constipated, the problem is, is this enzyme, right? Estrogen is bound. It's bound and it's in your poop and it's ready for detox. Get it out of me. Well, it's, what happens with this enzyme is like a wire cutter cuts through that free, it cuts and frees that estrogen. And what happens is that estrogen recirculates in the body. And this is a major issue over time because estrogen at a healthy level is very much so essential but excess estrogen is no good. And the same goes with the toxins, they recirculate. So then you're at risk for constant bloating, swelling and tenderness in the breast, fibrocystic lumps in the breast, you never hear those, and then uterine fibroids. So here's a, here's a, here's a crazy thing that we do with uterine fibroids. We find them in the uterus, they cause pain, we cut them out, and then we go, okay, fibroids are gone, and if you don't have fibrocystic breast, the chances are is that you're going to start growing cysts on the breast. Why? Because we're not addressing the estrogen metabolism in the liver and in the poop. So first and foremost, you have to pay attention. If you have uterine fibroids, that your body is showing you that there's an excess amount of estrogen and we need to clear that instead of surgery. I'm not saying don't get surgery, but you have to look at the root cause. Surgery certainly is not addressing the root cause. What else? Irregular menstrual periods, PMS, poor sex drive, mood swings, more anxiety, changes in your memory, right? Headaches, hair loss, weight gain, cold hands and feet, trouble sleeping, fatigue, increased risk of breast cancer. So you're not pooping and the estrogen that's recirculating is putting you at risk for all of these things, both short-term and long-term. And if you are suffering from any of these and you're not pooping, you may have just found the root cause of what's going on. What else? So we know the poop is so important. Gotta get going every single day. Kidneys, Urine, urine, urine. That's the other way we're getting rid of these water-soluble toxins like BPA, pesticides, heavy metals, metabolic waste. You gotta be urinating throughout the day. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit how we optimize the kidneys, but realistically, it's hydration, right? You have to make sure that one, yeah, you're controlling blood pressure for sure, but hydration is so important. But hydration with good quality filtered water, 
mineralized, having high quality minerals in there. So you're supporting your whole body and supporting your kidneys and giving your kidneys love. The beautiful thing about kidneys is you have two and it's working at 200%. So you can lose one and you'll still be at 100%, but you want to make sure both those kidneys are getting the most amount of love and you do it with hydration. If you're not drinking water, then your kidneys are really struggling because there's a change in blood pressure. Blood pressure changes. The kidneys are so, so, so sensitive to what else? Ooh, the lungs. That's another amunctory, right? The lungs is how we breathe out those volatile organic compounds. It clears those insults, right? It expels them out. All that crap that's in our lungs, that's the reason why we produce mucus. Mucus is created when there's an inflammation going on in the in the respiratory tract, and it's clearing out those toxins, right? It's clearing out those uh, infections, those microbes. So how do we optimize those lungs? I'll go into it a little bit later, but realist, really what, I'm, what I want to bring into your attention is, are you breathing? Are you breathing clean air? The fastest ways to support your lungs is get an air filter, right? Because that's sort of an artificial lung that's cleaning out all the crap, so your lung doesn't have to. It reduces the burden in the body. So this is why I always, always talk about those. And I did a whole show on them. One of my first shows was on air filters. So check that out. All right. The skin is so important too. Um, it is not the main organ of detox, right? I just addressed all of them. But the skin is really important, right? Because the skin sort of is the, is the parrot in the coal mine, canary in the coal mine. I think it's canary. Canary in the coal mine. Um, and what it does is it signals when there's environmental stress going on in our body or especially in our gut. So pay attention to your skin because your skin is sort of showing you we need some help. So when toxins come out of the liver and kidneys, those are the major players, right? You have the liver and it's going into the poop and you're, it's coming out. Kidneys is going through the urine. The, the sweat is mostly composed of water, some urea, some protein, some salt. Um, and there are some toxins that come out, but it's secondary to the liver and the kidney. With that said, they have measured toxins coming out of the, out of the skin in, in the form of sweat with heavy metals in saunas. So they do come in handy. Um, but really, if you're not sweating when you're exercising or you're one of those people who, who says, I don't sweat, we have to get that vital force moving. We have to stimulate sweat. It's a really important process in the body. So um, every single day, if you're able to sweat, great. If you're having trouble, then I would recommend getting in touch and talking to your doctor, but going to the sauna every single day because you have to get those amunctories activated, right? And skin is one of those, all right? So now we know the organs of detox. Now we know what they do. Gave you a little bit of clues on how to optimize them, but really let's get into some deeper recommendations on what to do with them. And I'm gonna go over some products too. All right, before I go into the organs, I just want to bring into attention some of my favorite uh, supplements or agents that I use for supporting detoxification. There's a reason I talk about green tea and matcha all the time. It's a potent antioxidant. Those toxins, when they're in your body, are causing oxidation, and it's negating that oxidation. It's systemic. It supports the liver. It supports the liver, the CYP system. That is a system that is detoxifying all that crap, drugs, pollutants, everything. So we want to support that every single day. And if a cup of green tea, a cup of matcha, even more, even stronger, is going to support that, that's amazing. And it also supports lung detox. What I have here is a little bit of glutathione. Uh, this is liposomal. If you're taking glutathione as a pill or a capsule, you always want liposomal because of the absorption. Glutathione without liposomal is very poorly absorbed, almost nothing. Um, I have two. I have this one by Pure Encapsulations. It's the, the capsules. And I also have the Quicksilver pump that I have at home under the tongue. 
NAC is a precursor to glutathione, cheaper, um, and it's really helpful for mucus. It's helping to support the lungs to expel mucus. But NAC is amazing. It's a glutathione precursor, and um, I've seen a lot of people, uh, this support a lot of people. So so just talk to your doctor about possibly integrating those into your supplement regimen. But there's also herbs out there. And what you want to talk to your doctor about is tonic herbs, tonic herbs that support each organ. There's tonic herbs that support the liver, for example, like milk thistle. There's tonic herbs that support the kidney, like juniper berry, right? The lung, mullein. So talk to your doctor what tonic herbs would be indicated for you, and they'll be able to help you. Get yourself a water filter. Of course, I spoke about it before. One of the major sources of toxins and something that's stressing our amunctories to start detoxifying more and more is water. And if you're having poor quality water, that's that's a number, one of the number one sources in our whole life. So bacteria, pharmaceuticals, birth control, antidepressants, PFAS, where I, those are forever chemicals. I talked about heavy metals, pesticides. I did two water shows, episode 61 and episode 82. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and check that out and learn everything that's in your water. Learn about my favorite water filters and then also bottled water. It's everything you need to know. So uh, water is, is a major intervention you need to do. Of course, exercise and movement, but why? It stimulates the lung function. It brings more blood to the lungs. It stimulates lymphatic flow, which is basically your sewer system in your body, stimulates blood flow, gets the heart pumping, and it mobilizes toxins, so you're detoxifying. But you want to make sure you're supporting your amunctories so exercise is getting the optimal benefit to your body. So support your detox organs, as I said, liver, kidney, lungs, intestines, digestion, right? Uh, and if you're constipated, you got to get that stool, you got to get the stool passing, right? Because exercise in itself is going to support the body, it's also good for constipation. What happens is when the stool passes, there's less water resorption, so the stool is softer and it moves faster, right? So exercise helps stimulate even if you're constipated. So if you're not going to the bathroom, think about movement every single day, exercise, getting that, getting everything flowing. Lung flow, really important to support your lungs. Breath work daily, strengthen those lungs, right? Make sure you're getting that air filter to support. It's your, it's your lung of your house. It's your lung of your office. Remove yourself from toxic environments, toxic air, right? Uh, and pay attention. If you're mucousy constantly, it's, you know that your amunctory, the, the lungs, are trying to get rid of some sort of agent of inflammation or a burden to it. So think about how can I support, how can I support that? But also if I'm mucousy, maybe it's something in my home, all right? Fiber, very important. It supports the gut microbiome, which is supporting detoxification. The microbiome cleanses the gut, and if there's an alteration in the gut microbiome, it's going to lead to an imbalance, and the pathogenic buggers are going to start growing. And that's going to cause another cycle of inflammatory metabolic toxin release, right? So those metabolites from those bugs are getting into the blood and getting into the system, and it's causing a lot of issues, especially locally in the gut. So remember, environmental toxins are one of the major causes for gut dysfunction. So the good thing is getting in fiber is helping restore those gut buggers, right? It's supporting them. It's supporting the good guys. So you want to make sure you're eating a high-fiber diet, but go slow. You never want to jump into, you know, 10 grams of fiber on average to 50. You're going to get bloated and you're going to get some gut distress. So go very slow, five grams a week max. But as I'm talking about food, overall, get yourself some organic food. We know it's more nutritious and there's not enough studies that show how conventional toxins work, right? They all work together and they may work at a lower dose. It's called the non-monotonic dose response. I spoke about it before, but they all may work together. It's If you want to stay on the safer side, get yourself organic food. 
Um, if you can grow some food, we had the sprouts guy coming here last week and he talked about growing sprouts in your house. You can do that even if you don't have a garden. Um, eliminate all the whole process, the, the processed foods, get yourself some whole foods. Eliminate the sugar, get yourself more, so, more whole foods. Vegetable oils, major source of inflammation, major source of toxicity in the body. Simple carbohydrates, get that out. All of those foods that are inflammatory, understand, are going to clog up your amunctories and it's going to reduce the ability to optimally detox. Sauna. You can measure heavy metals coming out of the body. I spoke about that with sweat. You can support the immune system with sauna, which is also helpful at detoxification and controlling basically what's going on, right? The, the, the information, it's telling the body, all right, there's infl inflammation going on, start the detox reaction. Um, it helps with oxidative stress, reducing inflammation. So sauna, if you have an IR sauna or, or have access to one, two to seven times a week, 25 to 30 minutes. If you don't have IR, you can go also two to seven times a week, but go 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 higher temperature at 160 to 170, the IR being at 130, uh, but talk to your doctor. Epsom salt baths, really important one because I spoke about estrogen. One of the best ways to support estrogen and also relaxing ways to end your day as a ritual is an Epsom salt bath because what happens is the magnesium is so important for the body in the methylation of the healthy form of estrogen. You need the magnesium for that step, for the methylation. So for the healthy road of estrogen, you need magnesium to lead that way. So Epsom salt bath is an amazing way. Aside from taking oral magnesium, which is a top five supplement for me because 75% of us are uh, deficient in magnesium, really Epsom salt bath is gonna be amazing. It's expansive, it's, it's, it's in every reaction, but especially in detoxification and fasting. Fasting is amazing stuff. Talk to your doctor about doing a fast or how safe a fast is for you, but it's helpful for the gut, reducing inflammation, and then it does its own little form of detoxification in the body by cleaning out cellular debris. It's like spring cleaning, you can say. Um, but ask your doctor if you're planning a detox. There's one by Prolon, um, and that's on the Swell Score, actually. And you know I'm involved with the Swell Score. We have the Prolon fast on there, and that's a fast where you can eat, interestingly enough, but the foods aren't going to be disrupting the fast as a whole. So look, here's the take-homes. We have detox in itself needs to be addressed optimally with our organs. You don't need anything outside of you. What you need to start looking at is how you can support those organs. And there's ways, right? And think about this. This is the, always a philosophy. Give the body what it needs. Remove what is an obstacle to healing. An obstacle to healing can be really crappy air in your house. How do you remove it? We'll start removing the sources of the crappy air. Start putting in an uh, air filter. Now you're supporting your lungs. An obstacle to healing is, could be your constipation. We'll get to the root cause of why you have constipation, right? Obstacle to healing could be you not sweating, get to the root cause of why you're not sweating. You understand? Obstacle to healing could be just not drinking enough water. Get in that water, good quality water, and start urinating. Open up those amunctories, support them, and, and on the outside, supplements do that, do just that. They supplement this whole detoxification process. So I really hope that was able to help you out, bring some light into some stuff and anything, hopefully saved you 300, 400 bucks from buying an online detox and certainly not a detox tea. Um, I can't wait to get our guest on. Dr. Shala, she's going to go into everything, all things preconception, optimizing both uh, both parents' health before the baby is on the way. So I can't wait to get into this conversation. So let's get into this guest segment. All right, everyone, today's special guest came out from Orange County, all the way from Orange County in LA traffic. So this is a very special time right now. 
Dr. Shala Salem. And what we're going to get into is a really important topic. And I know a lot of, a lot of you are female listeners, maybe looking to get pregnant, but she is the integrative fertility doc. And we're going to get into everything about how we can prepare ourselves, both men and women, for a healthy baby, right? Is, this, yeah. is, that, is that the best I'm intro that I can do for you? I'm excited to be here yeah. and discuss this really important topic. Yeah, and I thank you. To hear, I, want, I want to illustrate the power of social media. I'd have never known you if it wasn't for social media. Definitely. And, and we connected on social media, and I, and I go, all right, here we have this doc who is as passionate about integrative, that bridge between both disciplines as I am. How important is just taking an integrative approach in medicine first and foremost? So I personally love the integrative approach because I think conventional medicine really misses the mark on a lot of things. And there's definitely a, a place for conventional medicine accident, when you have an infection, an acute infection that we have to take care of, and you need surgery. I mean, I practice surgery, so I still do conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. But I like to feel that conventional medicine is only looking at the top of the iceberg. And integrated medicine, we're going to look at the whole iceberg. So we want to look at what is the person doing with sleep? What about their stress? What about their diet? How about environmental toxins? So really looking at the whole aspect of wellness. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I like to use integrative practices because I think it's really important for fertility because we're at a very critical time. Mm -hmm. So when you go into a specialty, I know that there's a lot of people that have a story behind it. I'd just be interested to know you as a person, what pulled you into fertility? So fertility, I first started in women's health because I have a lot of interest in hormone health going through my own issues with polycystic ovarian syndrome, that really drew me there. And the other reason that was made me more passionate about it is my father actually is a physician in OBGYN and fertility. And so that introduced me and I kind of grew up with that. Mm. Um, so working with women, and it's really great to be able to see women in that time period and helping them to create a family. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more special to me. I had one fertility patient and when she got pregnant, I feel like it was time for celebration because it, 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 it's very different than, let's say, just general medicine or sports medicine. Having someone that literally you help them reach a life goal is, is incredibly rewarding on both sides. And um, you do it every day. Yeah, <laughs> like, so I can't imagine. It's definitely rewarding. Yeah. For sure. A I lot mean, of work. Yes. And there, there are some hard days. Um, the days when you are really rooting for a patient and she has that negative test, that's mm -hmm. really hard. Mm -hmm. When I have to make those calls, those are definitely really difficult because a lot of patients have been waiting for it for years. Yeah. And there's a lot that goes into fertility treatment because I do assisted reproductive technology, which includes in vitro fertilization, artificial insemination. Sometimes mm -hmm. we use medication for timing of intercourse. So a lot has been riding on the treatment. Mm. So when it comes to getting pregnant, there's, you know, we see, we see, oh my God, we're pregnant, right? But a lot of us don't appreciate all that has to do before that, both the side from the man and the woman, right? So you are helping folks be in a place where they can, they can create that process. What are some of the major blocks that we as a society now of, you know, people who are trying to get pregnant, what are we facing? What, what are some things that are really preventing a healthy pregnancy? So I think there's a lot of potential aspects that we need to focus on. Nutrition definitely is a top priority. 
because unfortunately we're in a society now where we're overfed and undernourished. Mm. So I do deal with a lot of patients that are, are obese and that may potentially impact their ability to conceive and we know that that can reduce their fertility in both men and women because in men it can impact hormones and then they may have problems with sperm production. And then later on for that pregnancy, obesity could create pregnancy complications and even complications for the child. Mm -hmm. Other things like sleep, movement, the amount of stress that they are under, environmental toxins, what does their spirituality look like, what does their community look like? Because the fertility journey is quite stressful. Mm -hmm. So I always like to look at what does their support system look like? And also they're gonna go through pregnancy, they're gonna have a child, who's gonna be helping them with that situation? Mm. And we don't look at that most of the time, right? We think about how can I get pregnant the fastest I can, um, mm -hmm. maybe start eating a little bit better. But God, the aspect of the community is so important, right? Because the social support reduces the stress, which helps your overall health, the baby's overall health. But, you know, we don't look at that directly. So what are, what are from a nutritional standpoint, because I know that this is one of the first roadblocks, according to the standard American diet, how we are eating, right? Mm -hmm. And, and the, how inflamed people are just from it. I can't imagine the body goes, all right, here's the environment, let's, let's create a pregnancy. No, of course, the inflammation is going to be a major issue, right? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I have a lot of patients that are pre-diabetic, and I think one of the things that we miss in conventional medicine is we're not going to take care of it until it's diabetes. Right. When it's diabetes, then we'll worry about it. If your blood glucose is a little bit elevated, you're still okay, we're not going to address it. We need to address it before. We need to see about talking to the patient about good glucose control before they become diabetic. So that's, mm -hmm. most patients are gonna be having a diet that's in excess of omega-6 fats and not omega-3. And omega-3 is really important for men and women mm -hmm. for fertility. So there was one study that said for every 1% increase in omega-3s, we saw an 8% increase in pregnancy, which was like crazy. That is very powerful that you can see an increase in pregnancy just by changing your diet. And also looking at gut microbiome, because the, the way our diet is now, I mean, it's destroying, and yeah. that microbiome is setting up the child's microbiome. So if you have a vaginal birth, then as the child passes through the birth canal, it's gonna seed the microbiome of that baby, and that's for life. Mm. So it's really important to set the tone during preconception and also in pregnancy for that child. Such an important point. Literally, our female's microbiome, woman's microbiome, through vaginal birth can, like you said, seed that baby the rest of their life. What a responsibility we have mm -hmm. early on to optimize our gut, optimize our overall health, the inflammation, as you mentioned. Um, God, the omega thing is pretty incredible, too. Just implementing them a little bit more, um, yeah. reducing those omega-6s. It goes such a long way. Definitely. Is there anything else that you really learned in infertility where it was like, wow, nutritionally, this is like I mean, I think, heavier. again, adequate fiber is going to help to build that microbiome and definitely antioxidants. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we face in fertility is that oxidative stress that's going to impact egg quality. It's going to impact sperm quality. And there's a lot of research that looks at antioxidant supplements and how those may potentially help egg quality or sperm quality. 
And so I do recommend a lot of supplements, but I think it's really important still to look at diet and really focus on a lot of eating more vegetables, fruits when possible to get those antioxidants. Mm -hmm. The other thing that goes with that, but then goes into a little bit of environmental toxins is pesticide exposure, because there's a tremendous amount of data that looks at pesticide exposure and how that impacts sperm and egg health. So they found that men and women who had higher levels of pesticides had lower pregnancy rates, it affects sperm counts, it affects sperm shape. So pesticides definitely have a huge impact. So that's the one thing that's been overall, you really should work on that. And I know that's hard sometimes to mm -hmm. really eat 100% organic. So I tell my patients to work with EWGs, clean, um, 15, 15 a dirty dozen, dirty dozen yeah. so that they can know how to purchase and also, you know, maybe buy frozen if they can't afford it or look working with their local farmer mm -hmm. to try to see maybe they don't have the organic labeling, but they have organic practices. Yeah. And, and I love that you said the organic farmer, the label uh, the local farmer, because they might not have the labeling, mm -hmm. but talking to them and they go, all right, yeah, no, but we do it. We even do it better. You know, we, we take good care of our food and having that relationship and looking, going to the farmer's markets, meeting farmers is is so important. I love that you brought up pesticides because that's, I love mm -hmm. that. I love environmental toxins. because Definitely. I guess the thing for me is like when I looked at cancer care and I, I we moved out and I looked at the, like I, I zoomed out and looked at the, the bird's eye view, I saw the big chunk that was missing in investigating, you know, pesticides, mm -hmm. herbicides, rodenticides, in, in, insecticides how they affect our overall health, not only just fertility, but overall, mm -hmm. it, they hit every system. Yes. And it's pretty incredible because as holistic beings, every system depends on the other system's health. It's not just, we're, we're not just looking reproductively. You're looking at the whole body. Yeah, um, we like to treat things in like little, as we say, silos mm -hmm. that we're separating them out, but that's not how the human body works, mm -hmm. right? So it's all talking, speaking to e each other. Mm -hmm. The other thing that was really important about pesticides is that we know that there is higher antioxidant levels in the organic produce, mm -hmm. right? Because the soil is not damaged by the pesticides. Mm -hmm. So that is also important for fertility mm -hmm. because now we're looking to have the maximum amount of antioxidants to support good egg and sperm health. More nutrient, nutrient dense and cleaner. Mm -hmm. I, I'm curious, did you ever see anything about heavy metals affecting the body um, as far as fertility? Did you ever come across anything with that? Heavy metals, I haven't seen too much, but I know that it's definitely factors. So with that, you know, definitely I look for patients to make sure they're doing water, having a good water filter, mm -hmm. taking shoes off at the door. So yeah. we're not tracking in heavy metals. And then also what kind of work do they do? Mm -hmm. I actually had a really interesting story a few months ago of a couple that came because they had lost multiple pregnancies. And when I asked the partner what kind of work he did, he told me that he sprayed pesticides. Wow. And so then I thought, I wonder if there's a link here. So I asked him, well, tell me a little bit about your protective gear and what do you do um, when you get home? So he said, yes, I have protective gear, but I come home, I don't take it off. And I thought, oh, wait, you don't take it off. You mean you wear it in the home? He said, yeah, I'll wear it in the home for a while just sit, sit in his home on the couch and everything. That's crazy. Why would he? I know, right? I was shocked. So I said, you need to change that. You, you, you can't step into your home wearing the clothes that you sprayed pesticides. Three months later, that patient was pregnant. Whether that was the link, I don't know, because my involvement was very minimal right. in helping her besides that 
consultation, right. but they came back later to see me as pregnant. And I thought, wow, those are the kind of things that a conventional provider won't ask. Never. Would never ask about those little tiny details. And that's something I feel like, was I all these years before I did integrative medicine, did I miss things mm-hmm. like that? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's not part of the, the thinking to think outside like that. But when you yeah. think about environmental toxins, shoot, I'm asking about the air, the air quality, mm-hmm. air filters, jobs, bringing in stuff to the house. What about your work, mold, everything. But that requires, that requires an investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so, and that's a wild story. I don't know, how can he come in with it? I it's know, so... I was so like floored. I couldn't believe it. But I thought, yeah, I mean, for us, it's natural. Yeah. But it's not natural for the general public. And that's one of the things I really had to realize that for me, it's something normal to look for organic, to look at the labels when mm-hmm. I go shopping, to know that I shouldn't be drinking. I mean, I've had patients that drink a two liter bottle of soda a day. Unbelievable. It's not even part of like our consciousness, right? But, right. but to think standard American is very different. And these are the mm-hmm. people that need the most help. Um, it, and the crazy thing is, is that once you make some really good interventions, basic stuff, isn't it wild how the body starts like changing and healing so fast, they lose weight, their, their aches feel better, they have a better glow, they can get pregnant. For it, sure. It's amazing once you just make small interventions. Yeah, I mean, th- and there's some people that are not open to it. I, I mean, mm. I do occasionally have patients that are, no, I don't think it's the environmental toxins, or if I start talking to them about personal care products, they'll think that that might sound silly. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel like every little bit counts. Mm. And the other thing I, I often wonder about is, Perhaps that patient wouldn't have a fertility issue. So someone listening maybe hasn't changed all the things in their home, but maybe they'll have something that will impact their pregnancy. Maybe Mm. they may have something that will impact their child. So there's so many different possibilities where we can see impact. Why not change it? And there's so, we are also in a time where we have a lot of ability to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I first started looking at environmental toxins and clean beauty eight years ago, it was a very small world. There was very little brands, and now it's really grown, and it's kind of normal. Women are starting to realize, like, hey, yeah. I don't need to have all that stuff in my products to still have beauty. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> no, a thousand, a thousand percent. It's become a big business now. You go to, I mean, every Whole Foods has a whole section of clean beauty and supplements and. It's become way more trendy than when this all started or when I was into right. it. We think so much about the woman in pregnancy. And we forget the the man, the man's lifestyle, the man's diet. What are some things that maybe over the years you found for that side, the man? Like, what are some of the things that we're missing as far as lifestyle? I mean, I think I remember a while ago, I, was, I read something about, I think it was in a study in India that men who were drinking alcohol had a massive reduction in sperm count, uh, lower outcomes for pregnancy. Did you ever, what about our side? We want to hear as Yeah, men. so men often don't really, aren't really interested in doing a lot because we expect, well, the woman's going to carry the pregnancy. Right. So there's not really much right for them to worry about. Men might ask me more when they come to my office because often we're dealing with issues where there may be lower sperm counts or slower sperm movement or the shape of the sperm may be misshapen and they want to see like, what can I do? So sometimes I'll ask them questions like, do you smoke? Which is still quite often. I'm actually quite surprised that I still get a number of men who are smoking. And marijuana is becoming more popular and I have experienced situations where men who are smoking 
marijuana, we did see impacts on the mm. shape of the sperm. Wow. And there's just not a lot of studies yet because it's only recently that we've it's been legal and it's mm -hmm. very difficult to uh, study illegal substances. Yeah. yeah. So I always tell patients, hey, if you're really smoking heavily, because I do have a lot of patients who smoke marijuana, that we may want to try to reduce and see. But you need about three months off of the substance before we can see, because that's the life cycle of the sperm, is that three months to see if we're going to see an impact. I don't know, perhaps you already had a sperm problem and maybe it's not the marijuana, but I tell them, is it smoking? Is it marijuana? Alcohol. So yes, heavy alcohol, we know that that can impact sperm, impact pregnancy rates. There is some debate about sort of moderate or low amount of drinking, whether it's really, there are some studies that say any amount of alcohol can impact mm -hmm. the fertility success. But again, it comes back to everybody's body is different. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to know. So I just say reduce alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's usually my recommendation. Omega-3s, again, are really important for men. So increasing the amount of omega-3s, fish intake or supplements mm. if they don't eat fish. Um, environmental toxins are really important for men. Mm. And men usually don't pay attention because, hey, I don't wear makeup, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't need to worry about environmental toxins, but you take a shower, you use soap, you use toothpaste, you use body wash. All of those things can have environmental toxins. And men, a lot of times, their products are fragranced. Yeah. Which, that's a phthalate mm -hmm. exposure. Yeah. And phthalates definitely has been implicated in reducing testosterone and also causing problems with sperm count, sperm shape. So it's really important to look at phthalate exposure for men, as well as BPA. Yeah. BPA definitely can affect, and pesticides, as we said before. Yeah, really, yeah. Like, I would say, what I say to women applies to men. Like we should work at it together because working on it together is going to also help support each other mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. it's difficult to make the changes. Yeah, I, and I, I totally agree. And I find men have the most resistance to this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. There's a reason why, uh, I don't know, the work that I do, it's it's so many women uh, because they're, they're the leaders of the household, right? Yes, if mom definitely. or my wife says, all right, look, we're, we're going to start eating uh, red onions, because we read the study, then guess what? The whole family's eating it. That's uh, right. And, and, and that's beautiful, right? That's beautiful that there's someone in the household who's bringing in, hopefully, all family units some, some health. Um, and I love that. So now we know about the men, what we, what we need to do. And BPA is the major. I, I, yes. I love talking about BPA. Mm -hmm. And before we even go into that, when it comes to BPA... It's crazy how now BPA-free isn't really that much better, right? right. And we've, we're falling for it because I've had people mm -hmm. go, no, it's BPA-free. It's fine, right? Right. Oh, no, no, this is not. And uh, But it, it definitely affects our reproductive system, inflammation, um, mm -hmm. nervous system. It's just, it's one that we can easily remove too. Yes. I, I usually start with the ones that are easier. Yeah. So BPA, trying to reduce plastic water bottles. Mm -hmm. Receipts is a one that most people don't know about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's particularly important if you have a patient that works in retail. Yeah. And they're constantly touching receipts. I do get patients like that. So I tell them, you know, ask your supervisor, can you wear gloves yeah. at work? Because now what else is happening? Hand sanitizer. Hand sanitize, touch receipts, that's going to increase the absorption into the skin of the BPA. And a lot of people aren't realizing they think they're using hand sanitizer and cleaning it, potentially, even if they know mm -hmm. about receipts. So, yeah, BPA, I think, is one of the easier ones to start with because we then can get stainless steel, glass, water containers, your food storage. And also a good thing to think about is purchasing. When you purchase cans or you purchase even like an oil bottle, 
shouldn't be getting plastic because grease and acidic foods are going to bring that BPA into that food. And that's really where we get most of our BPA. Right, right. And we don't think about that. Right, we just get a can of beans and go, oh, well, yeah. it's not plastic, it's a can. Oh, it also says BPA-free, too. <laughs> and it says BPA-free, and you're like, oh, and it's BPA-free. So, and, and my fertility doctor said I should eat more beans or something, right? Right. So then they think, so I think putting that education is so, so important and something that you're doing. Um, what are some other important points that you find in your practice that we really should talk about and empower the audience with? So I did see one important study, uh, it was about a few years ago, about bpa that the women who had diets that were higher in folate, they saw less of an impact on BPA on egg quality. So I thought that really highlighted the importance of having a good diet because although you have high levels of toxins, if you had a diet that was rich in folate, we saw that there was decreasing the effects because we know that BPA can reduce implantation rates by over 60%. So that was really huge to see that diet has a role in helping toxins. And, and whether that has to do with the fact that it's natural folate, so it's like a methylated form, mm -hmm. or is it fiber allowing us to have more regular bowel movements to excrete the toxins more read readily, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I, and that's what I always think about. It's like, well, you ain't going to remove all the environmental toxins because we're going to be exposed yeah. to it. We can get an air filter. We can get water filter. We can get better pro quality products, but my thing is always resiliency. How do we expand the size of that cup before it spills over? So, uh, mm -hmm. like you said, nutrition, and I, I never read that study, so it's really nice for my ears to hear is that nutrition plays such a role. The more dense and better nutrition you have in your body, the more it can negate those effects. Mm -hmm. And I love to hear that. It makes me really happy, actually. Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, to yeah. Know that, and you know, sometimes if there's resistance about, oh, I, maybe I don't need that for getting pregnant again. I always tell patients, is this the thing that's going to get you to become pregnant, whether it's removing the toxins or nutrition? Maybe not, but there's always benefits from it. There's never anybody that ate a good diet and felt terrible mm -hmm. or ate a good diet and then had these side effects, right? Right, right. So we're so quick to jump to treatment and pills and mm -hmm. what kind of, I get a lot of patients that ask me, what pills can I take to fix my sperm? Very, yeah. All that's the time. That's how we want. All the time. Why? Because... That's quick. Quick fix. It's fast. Yeah. We're so used to everything right now. I want everything done right now. I don't want to wait. But the re reality is when we use these natural remedies, they take some time mm -hmm. to see the benefits. Mm -hmm. And and there isn't a sperm pill, by the way. There's not. To fix it. <laughs> okay, fellas, there's no sperm pill. We heard it here first. So, um, yeah, and, and it's it's really, like, like you mentioned, removing all of those things that are affecting our sperm as men first and mm -hmm. foremost, and then, you know, helping feed it with the stuff that we need, like you mentioned, the omegas. Um, some of the conditions which uh, can be a big roadblock to pregnancy are things that kind of we were talking about before we got on air, things like PCOS, endometriosis. Mm -hmm. What what have you seen as far as that? What, what When it comes to those those diagnoses, those, those issues that women suffer with, do you do you find a commonality or root cause for it? Because it's it's I've seen so many women when I was practicing with so many manifestations of this. What do you have to say about like just what do you, in your in your expertise? I'd love to hear mm -hmm. what you have to say. So first, I will say that there are a lot of women, unfortunately, who are suffering suffering out there without the diagnosis. Okay. So on average, to get a diagnosis for something like endometriosis could take over ten years. 
I get plenty wow. of women that come in, have gone to doctor after doctor after doctor, been told that having pain with their periods is totally normal, that it's fine, it's normal to have pain, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. And in fact, they have endometriosis and that may be the reason for their infertility. So, I mean, we know that there is data that shows that endometriosis, fibroids, polycystic ovarian syndrome, all can be linked to environmental toxins. And there is some possibility that it's also epigenetics things that happen from when you were in utero, right? So women that have PCOS mothers are more likely to have PCOS. Um, but it's really important, I think, to look at environmental toxin removal because I think that's something that can definitely help. Meat consumption is definitely questionable for that patient with endometriosis or fibroids because of the chemicals that we do see in mm -hmm. meat. Um, even if you're eating clean meats, I would really try to keep it to a minimal in patients, especially with endometriosis, to try to keep it as an anti-inflammatory diet as possible. That's really powerful to think about because um, eat, the, the eat clean meat, we don't think about the environmental toxins that are mm -hmm. in there, you know, as by virtue of being in the environment, you know, so we can be organically fed with, with high quality food, but it's definitely something, it's something that we don't talk about enough. And I know the effect of endometriosis. I did a girl who had endometriosis and I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is, this is really, really brutal. Yeah. And, um, my heart goes out to everyone who has endometriosis, um, and PCOS, PCOS, I find it, there's a huge environmental toxin component. For sure, and for sure. I think in all of those, and even nutrition, and sometimes when you change those things, we can see an improvement, but there are some women who suffer with endometriosis or PCOS who may only see limited benefit if yeah. they change their nutrition. Um, especially with endometriosis, there are women who really suffer, and it can really impact their life. Mm -hmm. But I would definitely try those methods, you know, helping your nutrition, doing reducing environmental toxins to see if you'll see an improvement. And maybe it will reduce the progression of endometriosis. Mm. And there are, there are supplements like NAC mm -hmm. that can help endometriosis. We saw that it can reduce the size of an endometrioma, which is a cyst of endometriosis on the ovary. So that's something that could be beneficial too. Mm -hmm. Love that. All right. So now we have a couple. There's a pregnancy. Thank you. We hit it. We thank you. We're ready to go. But during the pregnancy, what are some important things that folks who are listening can really perk their ears up at? What are, what are really some good take homes to have mm -hmm. a healthy, healthy pregnancy? Because it doesn't stop there. Actually, no, it never stops once you have a baby, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> it continues on. And I think that's why I try to start with the best foundations for preconception, because those things should continue on in pregnancy. So mm -hmm. having the good nutrition will help to reduce the risk for pregnancy-induced diabetes, high blood pressure, preeclampsia, um, preterm labor, mm -hmm. those kind of things can help. It's not gonna necessarily prevent because there are other things that can impact that as well, but help to reduce. And the other thing is that environmental toxins, I think, continue that because especially you're gonna have a baby born soon who's gonna be exposed to all those chemicals. Now we know Environmental Working Group did a study 2005 that looked at chemicals. And what they saw is that newborn babies, they tested the cord blood of newborn babies. They found over 200 chemicals already in the newborn baby's blood. So we can't escape chemicals even when we do our best work to reduce, but you're doing the best you can with what you have. You mm -hmm. gotta just do, 
you know, don't get overwhelmed. That's the first thing I would say. Mm -hmm. Because I know when I first started looking to it, it definitely can be overwhelming. You start seeing everything around as that's something that can impact my child's health. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is there, there might be someone who's listening who didn't do any of that. And I don't want anyone to feel like, hey, I somehow maybe played a role in XYZ Mm -hmm. in my child's health. Mm -hmm. There's always an opportunity to step in and to improve health, Mm -hmm. right? So we know we can always do things that can help to improve our health. That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, this education wasn't around when I was a baby. Right. You know? Same. And when I was young, nutrition was there, but wasn't really around. You know, I I love my Haagen-Dazs ice cream when I was little. But like you said, you can step in. You can step in, whether it be for yourself or have a parent step in. Education is there. And guess what? We're doing that. Like now we're putting out the education for people to know. Back in the early 90s and the 80s, Mm -hmm. it wasn't wasn't around like this. So I, I love... That's yeah. the power of really putting out education for folks through, like like you're doing on your social media. Um, you also brought me a community book here from from your local what was your, your local restaurant farm. Yeah, we have a farm near us called the Ecology Center that's doing a lot of uh, good work in the community, especially during this time. They've been giving a lot of free farm boxes to families who couldn't afford, mm-hmm. and we go there every week to get our farm box and it's whatever's in season, local from the farm. So yeah, it's been wonderful. I'm blessed mm-hmm. to have that. And it, it's, it's, it's a really good point to bring up. Can, should, if we can, all of us really start getting in touch with our local farmers. We talked about that a little bit about it earlier, but mm-hmm. what do you find is a value for you getting in touch with your local farmer? I think it's good because I, I like to bring my kids there. Yeah, I like to take them there, be able to see they have you know, chickens on the land mm-hmm. and they have everybody, they have a lot of volunteers that come. So just to see the work that goes into growing a farm and to have them see all the fruits and vegetables and learn about everything and yeah. what, looking for different colors, making sure you get that good biodiversity, which can help to build the gut. And also you're getting fresh. So sometimes when we get to the store, things are sitting there for weeks mm-hmm. on end. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't eat your vegetables, but (laughs) you still want to make sure that if you can get it fresher, I think it's definitely better. And, you know, they used to have a lot of events, unfortunately, not right now, but hopefully down the line, we'll be back to more community events and connecting with more people in the community. I really love that idea. I, you know, yesterday I put up a a post that said, normalize buying acres of land, growing food with your friends. Yes, I saw your, that. Yeah. And, and, and I, I was thinking about it. I was like, that is really a way of life because I don't have kids. But uh, if and when I do, I absolutely would want them to see where all their food is coming from. Having that connection to nature, the beauty mm-hmm. of nature, yeah. eating fresh food. I think that's that's a gift that kids, it's more priceless of a gift than any iPhone or Xbox or anything like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. By definitely. far. And I love that you're doing that. I, I would actually uh, urge and, and challenge everyone out there, look for a local farm and pro- get a relationship with them. Take your kids there. Um, have them see the chickens, right? And the cows <laughs> yeah. and the pigs. And, and I, I, think that, I think that that's, I'm really happy you brought this here because I, I told you I, I want to start cooking more too. So Yeah, that's another source of toxins. Yes. So for those that are listening, often we, are, we may be eating out a lot now. And the takeout food, more source for toxins because Mm -hmm. you don't know what oils they're cooking with, first of all. We don't know that they're using organic. Now, Mm -hmm. you might be ordering from an organic restaurant, but also there's a possibility of the processing. So a lot of the 
packaging or they may be cleaning the plastic yeah. container with hot water yeah. and detergent, which is then getting that phthalate or BPA into the food. Mm -hmm. So we know that uh, couples who ate higher percentage, and we're talking about fast food, just one fast food meal gave a higher uh, percentage of 25% extra phthalates. Wow, one fast food one meal. fast food meal. Unbelievable. And that then impacts sperm and egg quality. <sighs> People eat fast food every day too. Yeah, sometimes multiple times a day. One of the craziest things I saw was the BPA study that the CDC did. And I think it was 2,500 or 2,300 folks and 93% had BPA in their urine. Yes. Which is And the wild. same thing is for phthalates actually. It's 90 to 95%. And, and, and us, their half-life is pretty fast. So you get rid of them, right. meaning that they've been exposed pretty recently to, right. to those toxins. So that's the other thing to remember is that the reason why our levels stay high is because that constant re-exposure. Wow. So if we stop, then we're going to see the levels go down. Because a lot of times people are thinking like, oh, it's overwhelming. How am I going to really make a dent in that? But you do. Yeah. If you change your products, if you reduce your plastics, then you're going to see those levels go down. And then that's going to help your egg and your sperm quality. Really? Uh, so so for, for uh, a couple listening, let's say, and they want to take this approach, um, do you bring them to the EWG for buying yes. products? Is that like your number for one For sure. Place? I love the EWG. It's EWG.org. It's one of my favorite websites mm -hmm. because there's so much value there to really look at your cleaning products, look at the skin deep database to look at what kind of products they're going to put on their skin or their shampoo. And then even for your children, it's yeah. important later to look at that. And then also to get the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen, and then they have tons of other information yeah. on so many other different topics. So that's a great resource. For yeah, patients. they have the um, they have the uh, the cleaning, uh, the, the home cleaner uh, mm -hmm. database, so yes. you can put in and like look. Oh, is this Lysol toxic? Let's see. Right. Um, at the Skin Deep database, they have the water one where you can type in your zip yes. code and see what toxins are in your water and at what percent. I mean. I, they're they're doing great work. Nothing's perfect out there, but the work they're doing they're doing is awesome, and I, I love that we can just send people to a website. Yes, for do. sure. Because sometimes it's overwhelming, so focus on one thing at a time, mm -hmm. and then work your way through. And it it's always a work in progress, you know. Because then we're going to go to your furniture, and and those things are a little harder to yeah to the change. beds and and yeah right carpets. Some people may not have an opportunity. They may live in an apartment. They can't change the right. carpets or they can't change the furniture. Mm -hmm. But let's focus on the things that you can control. Yeah, I love that. And and things can be investments over time too. Like this is what I tell people: you don't have to change your bed tomorrow, but just think about getting one that maybe doesn't have the chemicals that are off gassing. Take your take your time, right? Furniture, take your time. But what do we do? Let's clean the air. Mm -hmm. Maybe open up windows. Yeah. Get a nice air Vacuum purifier. More often. Vacuum more often, right? Like these are things that we can just bring into people's conscious, their forefront, and and then. They and can I think that's important to think about because a lot of couples, if they are pregnant and then they're going to have a baby, that's when they start doing all the remodeling. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Painting new right. new, new furniture, new the furniture, baby's room. Doing all this stuff. Wow, I never thought about so that. So that's when you really need to think about what furniture you're purchasing, what kind of paints you're going to use. Yeah. Maybe it's not the time to expose a pregnant woman to a lot of remodeling in the home unless you have the ability to live outside the home. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely looking for low VOC paints and trying to find furniture, at least the crib and the mattress. If I have to pick one thing, it's the mattress and then the crib. So you can find Green Guard, mm -hmm. things like that. That's going to be helpful. I, I love how this the conversation was ninety percent toxins. Now this is this is <laughs> this is right up my alley. I'm so happy that we have that, this convo. Um, 
Was there anything that I missed that you really wanted to make a point on before we close this out? So I think stress is one area that I think is really important because there are a lot of couples, especially women, and if you are dealing with infertility or fertility issues, a lot of times stress can really impact things. And it's hard to know whether infertility causes the stress or stress causes infertility. Personally, I don't think stress is causing all the infertility, but it has an impact. Mm -hmm. So it's more about how you process the stress. I think sometimes we think, oh, how are we gonna get rid of the stress? It's everybody has stress. Mm -hmm. We all have some amount of stress. It's how do you deal with stress? Mm -hmm. What kind of things do you do? So do you do things that help to induce that relaxation response? So things like meditation and mindfulness and yeah. yoga. Often I ask patients, oh, what do you do when you're stressed? Mm, watch TV, binge on Netflix, order out food, shop. Well, all those things are, yeah, they're escape and they're pleasure. I'm not saying it's mm -hmm. not wrong. Sure, watch Netflix, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not going to really induce that relaxation response, which is going to help to minimize our stress. And the more we practice it, because sometimes people give up. They start doing the meditation. They're like, I'm not good at this meditation mm. stuff. It's not for me. And the more you practice it, then you start, you can call on that hard wiring to the brain quicker. We yeah. get that quicker. It becomes easier as everything. Mm -hmm. Everything takes practice. It's just a foreign idea to us because it's not really part of the mainstream culture. It's getting better, but it's not part of the mainstream culture to think about relax. Everything is go, 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 do, do, uh, yeah. do, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So I think we need to spend more time on that. And sleep. 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 Huge. So important. I think that's one area that we tend to ignore because we run out of time. What do we do? We cut our sleep. For sure. We're like, oh, you know what? I didn't get to do this. I'm just going to sleep a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But sleep is really important. It can impact obesity, diabetes, and even our hormones. So it can impact ovulation mm -hmm. for women if you're not getting adequate sleep. So you really got to focus on having that good quality sleep. Mm -hmm. I love that you close it out with that. Those are so important and easy, right? We can make those interventions, It's but stress and sleep are so major and they kind of cycle with each other. Less yeah. sleep, more stress, more stress, less That's sleep. That's true. Definitely. So, so to bring that up is so important. Um, so for folks who are listening or watching, how do we find you first of all? So you can find me on Instagram at Integrative Fertility MD. Mm -hmm. I also have a website, theintegrativefertilitymd.com, mm -hmm. and I try to put out more content where you can learn on blogs about all these ideas about toxins, how to relax, meditation, mindfulness, mm -hmm. things like that that can help to support your fertility outside the doctor's office. Cool. And any plans for the future? Any courses or books or any? To, to I want to try to put out more content because yeah. that's definitely going to keep doing that. We're our hopes is in the spring to do a podcast that's going to be different experts. So bringing in mental health professionals cuz that's something I think is really needed for women dealing with infertility. Mm -hmm. And nutritionists and acupuncturists so just really going into all the different experts that can help mind body. Okay. Do you have a name for that yet or Mind Body Fertility Podcast. Wow. And when is that coming? <laughs> the spring? The spring. Okay, everyone keep uh, your eyes open, your ears open for that. You let me know when, and I'll, I'll blast it to everyone oh, so we you. know, uh, so we can support you out here. Thank you for coming to the show. This is a very important message yeah, you're putting sure. out. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you.